are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. It's been a fun week, a good week for content. I hope that you all have enjoyed Um, There's a lot to talk about on this Friday edition of the show. Before we head into the weekend, I want to talk about why I believe Marshawn Ford will be the biggest breakout star in the ACC this season. We will then transition into what I believe the respective floor and ceiling is for the football team this year. And then we'll finish out by answering the question, is the Louisville defense being hyped up too much before the season? I don't think so. Find out why in just a little while. For those who aren't aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I'm formerly a part of Fansided's Big Red Louie in the state of Louisville, and I serve as a backup PA announcer for Louisville sports such as soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can find me on Twitter at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter page is lo underscore Louisville. Before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to the Locked On ACC podcast. There's no better way to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Be sure to follow the Locked On ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. So let's dive right on into it. I mentioned on the Thursday show that I think Marshawn Ford is one of the three key X factors for the Louisville offense in the season opener against Ole Miss. Branching out on top of that, I just want to go ahead and say that, in my opinion, for the record, Marshawn Ford is going to be the biggest breakout star in the Atlantic Coast Conference this season. When you look at his stats, there's nothing that's truly going to jump off the page in terms of receiving yards um, between 2019 and 2020. Uh, He's just under about 600 yards total receiving yards, 13 touchdowns within that span of the two seasons. And personally, I think context matters in this situation. You have to understand the priority of targets within the Louisville offense of the past two seasons. And number one, it is a very run-dominant offense to where most of the play calls are running plays. So, you know, receptions and receiving targets are always going to be a little bit minimized. And on top of that, you have guys like Tutu Atwell, Des Fitzpatrick that are above Marshawn Ford when it comes to the pecking order of targets. So I think with this season coming up, there is an extreme opportunity to showcase Marshawn Ford in the Louisville offense. And I think that the coaching staff is already doing just that. Um, at Media Day, Scott Satterfield mentioned you know, just how versatile he is. They want to get him more involved with the passing game. He's going to be playing more downs than he's used to. And in Gunter Brewer's press conference on Wednesday, um, he basically said that, you know, and confirmed that Marshawn Ford is going to line up as a wide receiver in certain packages this season. Truly, that shouldn't surprise anybody because when you look at Kyle Pitts, he's the guy that I really kind of keep coming back to and is serving as as a pioneer as Tyreek Hill did in the NFL in which he allowed, you know, smaller, speedy guys to be able to find big-time roles within certain offenses and really start to normalize the home run threat. Kyle Pitts, I believe, is going to have that same effect on tight ends in the collegiate football world and the fact of having versatile, athletic guys that are quick and that have a ton, have a ton of speed for their big size. And not only that, but be able to utilize them either in the slot far out wide or even you know as a traditional tight end i think you know 
with Florida being able to incorporate him in so many different ways in the passing game and the overall offense. I think Satterfield, Stu Holt, Gunter Brewer, I think they're all on the same page of you know getting this guy his targets is what the Louisville offense needs to make sure that they succeed. Um, and obviously it goes beyond that. I'm not saying that the offense is only going to succeed if they get him his targets because I think that that can be counterproductive when you try to force targets to a guy. But at the end of the day, you know, Gunter Brewer called him a matchup nightmare. You know, he's at his 6'4 size and being, you know, just under 240 pounds, um, you know, it, it's it's tough to be able to check him in the slot if you're a nickel cornerback or even a linebacker uh, or even out wide. And it's hard to stay in front of him if you're a linebacker and he's playing it as, as a traditional tight end. So, you know, it's kind of how the old saying goes, if you're as quick as he is, you're not as strong as he is. And if you're as strong as he is, then you're not as quick as he is. And I think that, you know, utilizing matchup nightmares and mismatches is what is going to help Louisville's offense succeed a lot this season. Um, and we already know, you know, making the offense unpredictable, I think, is probably going to be one of the big priorities heading into this season. It seemed like last year there were a ton of third and long situations, stalled a good amount of drives. So being able to open up the playbook and, you know, maybe I'm not saying, you know, create a bunch of trick plays or stuff like that, a bunch of Hail Marys, flea flickers and and such. But, you know, being able to utilize these guys in different ways, you know, I keep coming back to Gunter Brewer and his commitment to the term positional versatility because, I mean, I I feel like it's something that I've been preaching. You know, you have a lot of these guys in the wide receiving room that can not only play in the slot but out wide as well. And I think that you're going to see Marshawn Ford. I was about to call him Kyle Pitts because I see a lot of similarities in their skill sets. They're both very, very quick for their size and nimble on their feet. Um, I think that they're underrated pass blockers and uh, run blockers as well. Um, and I think that facet of their respective games doesn't get talked about a lot. I think that a difference in the way that they have been utilized in the past, you know, speaking of how Pitts was used at Florida and how Ford has, you know, been used at Louisville so far is the fact that I think Pitts has been more of a traditional receiver as they've used Marshawn Ford as kind of a Swiss army knife in the play action game and also in the running game as well. Cause there's been a handful of times where they've kind of used him, you know, maybe not so much as a traditional fullback, but definitely in that H back role. If you think back to 2019, I think one of the reasons why the running game was so successful is yes, you had, a mammoth on that line and left tackle Makai Becton, but you also had right behind him Marshawn Ford leading the way blocking as well. So I think if there's anybody who knows the benefits of having both of them blocking is none other than guys like Javian Hawkins, Hassan Hall, guys that have carried the ball out of the backfield. But regardless, I'm looking forward. I think that Marshawn has shown that he's dynamic. Now you're able to match the projected production that he's going to get. I think it's going to come, honestly, regardless if wants it or not, especially early on, because you know I think that the inexperience at wide receiver is going to show right off the bat. I think that there's a ton of talent in that wide receiving room. I'm not saying that they're not good enough, but what I am saying is that I could definitely see Malik Cunningham, you know, relying on guys like Marshawn Ford early on to, you know, make sure that you you give time for those guys at wide receiver to get their meaningful reps in to be able to build up that confidence, build up the game speed and just, you know, build up the production as well. So 
I think that Marshawn Ford and his ability to be so versatile in an offense, there's no limit to what they can do for him. And um, being able to move him out as a traditional receiver, I think is going to open the floodgates in terms of his potential. And obviously, there's a certain risk that you have to factor in, and that's the you know the matter that you're assuming that Marshawn Ford capitalizes on this opportunity and you know, creates that matchup nightmare, which I think he will. I don't think that there's a question about that. I think that the footwork is solid. One thing that's underrated about him is his is route running ability. Like I mentioned, you know, he's not a true tight end in the sense that he's very athletic, very quick for his size. It's going to be very tough to not only stay in front of him, be, be able to win one-on-one -on -one matchups with him out wide. So I think that also Malik Cunningham's progression is going to factor into that. And if, uh, you know, he's making the development like, some are thinking that he is within the program, then it's going to be not only a great year for Marshawn, but the Louisville offense in general. But at the end of the day, I am predicting Marshawn to have over 10 touchdowns as a tight end. And I think he's going to be, you know, the biggest breakout star in the ACC. Before we transition into what I believe the true floor and ceiling is for this Louisville football team in 2021, I want to talk to you all about Built Bar. As you know, I'm a huge fan, and Built Bar truly is the best tasting protein bar out there. They have so many delicious flavors. There's literally something for everyone, because when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're going to be passionate about their favorites, like I am about salted caramel and cookies and cream. They've got some new flavors out as well, like German chocolate. There's orange, strawberry, double chocolate mint brownie, raspberry, coconut, cherry barcia, and uh, so much more. If you haven't tried all of the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine. Um, and not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy as well. They're 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories ranging from 130 to 180. There's only four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. They're amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. If you order today, you can get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you choose. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Now, that's extremely neat to me. So do yourself a favor. Go to Built.com and you'll get 15% off of your order. Like I mentioned, go to Built.com for all of your Built Bar protein bar needs. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so this upcoming segment is one that I've been wanting to do for the past couple days because I've been seeing more and more predictions about the uh, win and loss totals for the Cardinals this season and what their schedule results are going to look like. We talked about um, you know, what to expect from the conference schedule and also the non-conference schedule earlier this week, but I've been seeing you know win totals anywhere from uh, I saw, unfortunately, someone had predicted the Cardinals to only win three games. I have some trouble believing that, but that is what it is. I've also seen people have teams slated at 10 wins, which I don't think is truly realistic, but um, I'll explain here in just a second. Let's look back to the floor, truly assess where the floor is. I think you have to first analyze which games are the for sure wins. Now, obviously, nothing is ever set in stone. You can lose any given game on any given day. I mean, if we want to be technical about it, we can say that. But, you know, 
projected wins in my opinion. And for me, like I mentioned when I talked about which games I think that they win, I think that Eastern Kentucky is a win for sure. I think that Wake Forest, Duke, and Syracuse are also wins. And, um, you know, although I have... You know them splitting the non-conference schedule going two and two. You know I'm not going to project any of those wins when we talk about the floor. So in my opinion, the floor is four wins. Um, the three wins, I, I guess you could try to pitch just because you you take the win against Eastern Kentucky. But I I have a very hard time believing that Louisville doesn't beat all three of the ACC foes in Duke, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. And if they do lose one of those games, I find it very hard that they're going to lose the remainder outside of that. But, uh, you know, this is worst-case scenario, in my opinion, for the Cards. I think this Cards team is going to be uh, extremely improved on both sides of the ball. Um, I like the depth on both sides of the ball at almost every position as well. So when we discuss floor, kind of have to decide what the minimum the bare minimum amount of wins are. And I think like, I mean, if you want to say anywhere from one to three wins, I think you're doing a, a extremely big disservice to this team. Uh, I think that this team, although they had a rough year last year, a lot of things went wrong. The turnover battle was horrific, but I get it. I, I understand where the concerns may lie and the questions arise from the lack of experience and the skill positions on offense, whether or not Malik Cunningham will return back to 2019 form. So I understand the questions. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be having these questions because I think that any rational Louisville fan that is following the program has these questions, you know, necessarily. So, but at the same time, I think that you have to give the program credit for addressing needs in the offseason. They are bringing a lot of guys back in the trenches, which will bode you know, well. And it's probably even more important than bringing guys back at the skill positions um, in the fact that, you know, beefing up the trenches and having depth there uh, sends a shockwave down and gives benefits to the whole team in general. So I think that the floor that we're looking at is four wins. Um, you can pitch whatever ACC games there are. But um, in terms of the, um, you know, you have Eastern Kentucky, and then you, I think that they're going to win, you know, three to four ACC games. So four wins is the absolute floor for me. In terms of ceiling, you know, I get the giddy optimism. I feel like there's a handful of Louisville fans. I'm not really calling anybody out in specifics, but um, I th- feel like there's a crowd that, uh, you know, not necessarily sunshine pumpers, but they're very, very optimistic. Everything has an optimistic spin, just not as radical as sunshine pumping. To where I've I've seen a lot of people have Louisville in the nine to ten win area, um, and when you kind of break that down, you're assuming that um, Louisville is only going to lose to Clemson and possibly you know any two of the group from Ole Miss slash Kentucky slash um, NC State slash Florida State. Um, you know, pick any other one to two teams outside of Clemson, and that's what Louisville's going to do. I'm not saying that that's impossible because I understand that in the 2019 season, uh, expectations were exceeded, and if you would have told me that the team was going to go from two wins to eight wins with a bowl victory, I would have called you crazy. I thought six and six was reasonable that year, just like I think – you know, you know, context matters, but it's a different situation. But I think that six and six and seven and five is very, very reasonable for the cards this season. But in terms of the actual ceiling, you know, not in terms of predictions, but when we look at the ceiling, what could go right? Of, I, I think we're looking at nine and three for the cards. I think obviously there's a loss coming to Clemson. They're going to, you know, at the very best, I think split and win. 
two out of the three against the non-conference foes, uh, Central Florida slash Ole Miss slash Kentucky. So you factor in another loss there. And I, I just find it very tough to believe that the Cards are going to run the ACC table outside of Florida State. So I think another loss is going to come in that realm. I predicted the Cards to lose to NC State on the show on Wednesday. So I'm staying true to my predictions, but I'm also factoring in you know, what could go right. So we're assuming that Louisville is winning all those 350-50 games that I was saying um, from with Florida State, Virginia, and Boston College. They're also defeating you know, Eastern Kentucky, which makes four. They're winning the other three games that I have predicting them to win in Wake Forest, in Duke, in Syracuse. So if you add all those up, you know, you're you're currently sitting at seven wins. And that means that, you know, if you want to factor in the loss to uh, Clemson, so you're sitting at seven and one, you have to win um, basically two of Central Florida slash Ole Miss slash Kentucky slash NC State. And if we're, you know, calling a spade a spade, it is possible. Like, if you want to tell me that, you know, the offense is going to return to form, you're going to have Marshawn Ford have a breakout year. I mean, Dalton, you're saying it yourself. You're calling him the biggest breakout star for this season in football. You've gone on record multiple times on this show and saying that Malik Cunningham is going to get back up to 2019 form and probably go beyond. The, there's depth on both sides of the trenches where there's also, you know, a ton of quality. The wide receiving core has a lot of guys on it that can show out. The running back committee is very solid, and the defense, we'll talk about them in the final segment, but they have improved as well, and they have addressed their depth. So if you're going to sit here and use my answers to you know, justify a 9 to maybe even 10 win season, like I get it. I'm not you know, calling you stupid or saying that you're foolish or misled. I just think you have to factor in a little bit of reality in this situation and the fact that it's easier said than done to run the table and beat every single team that you're supposed to beat, per se, in theory. And, um, you know, I mean, we can sit here and say the cards can go 12-0, and 0, possibly. I mean, sure, it's, it's possible. You know, very improbable, though. So I think that... You know, if if the cards make nine wins, I think that that is a best case scenario. Uh, nine wins regular season, that is. Uh, you can factor in ten if they go to and win a bowl game. But at the end of the day, I think nine wins is the ceiling for the cards. And don't get it twisted. That is an extremely successful season and um, one that Louisville fans would be rejoicing over. So like I mentioned, I want to talk about the defense and if they are being overhyped too much. However, before that, I want to talk to you about something that is not getting hyped up enough, and that is betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing, don't wake and take advantage 
of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On as well. So the final segment this week, I'm going to answer the question: Is the Louisville defense being hyped up too much in the preseason? The simple answer: No. Um, <laughs> I, I no, that's that's going to be the end of the show. No, I'm playing. Um, I think that the defense is getting its rightful due diligence. I think that obviously at the end of the day, we're going to have to see what works on the field, and it's it's wishful thinking to think that all of these positions are going to click. But you know, reality shows that you know there there's probably going to be a little bit of a learning curve with these young guys. They're going to um, struggle out of the gate in terms of. Getting up to speed, it's almost uh, common for defenses to need a little time to get back into the groove of things, as do offenses. So, I mean, I guess you could say it just takes football teams a while. So, it wouldn't surprise me to see Louisville defense you know, struggle a little bit out of the gate considering they do have two very good offenses in Ole Miss and Central Florida that they're going up against. But I don't think they're being overhyped too much. I think that the only way that they would be overhyped is if someone was saying that they were going to be a top 10 defense or the number one defense in the ACC, which I think neither are true. But I don't think it's that far-fetched to call this unit a possible top 25 defensive unit in college football. Um, If you consider, you know, that um, I understand that they were 80th in the country in run defense last year, but, you know, passing-wise, they were pretty solid. I definitely think that you know, top 25 is achievable. Is it probable? I'm not really sure. I think that that's a different story. Um, and that really will just have to depend on how they start out. And it's going to uh, possibly be skewed if they do stumble out of the gate against Ole Miss and Central Florida, but could also in turn, you know, be able to solidify a, and push for a top 25 spot in defensively. But I think, you know, praise that they're getting is justified because when you call a spade a spade, there is not only added depth at every position in the defense, but there's also, you know, added talent, and there's guys coming back. When you look at that defensive line, they're returning, you know, Tiberius Peterson, but there's, for the first time in the Satterfield tenure, there is depth and there is competition at that nose tackle spot and on the defensive end front there's not only competition there but there is a guy in Yaya Diaby that is set to have a possible breakout season and there's a lot of you know people within the Louisville program that can echo those thoughts when you look at the linebacking core it's going to be one of the best linebacking cores in the ACC you return uh, a big time breakout guy in 2020 in Monty Montgomery uh, you bring back the coach and the leader of the defense and CJ Avery. There's a ton of talent there, especially, you know, outside linebacking. You have Marvin Dallas, you have Nick Kiki, you have Yasir Abdullah, who is absolutely jacked. And then when you focus on the secondary, one of the best ACC cornerback tandems in Kittrell Clark and Chandler Jones, Greedy Vance, Kenai Walker, and Derek Edwards are also set to get some meaningful snaps. And then they brought in two big-time grad transfers in Kendrick Duncan Jr. and Quinterio Cole. And on top of that, the top recruit in the 2021 class for Louisville was four-star safety Ben Perry. So, well, like I mentioned, there is added depth, and there is not only a good dose of returning guys, but there's much-needed talent added into the defensive unit as well. So I'm not going to sit here and act like this is going to be one of the best defenses in the country. I know I talk very highly about a lot of these guys, and rightfully so, but if you've been taking it as all these guys are going to be future first and second round draft picks, I think the meaning of what I'm saying is being misconstrued. I'm not saying that you know they're going to go out and be 
all conference or all Americans or anything like that. Although some of them, I think, have the possibility to. Um, I, what I'm saying is that not only are they going to be able to progress from where they were a season ago, but the overall understanding and the grasp of their role in the defense is just as equally important as the individual progression, in my opinion, to be able to understand what defensive coordinator Brian Brown and their respective positional coaches are trying to preach. I think that there's going to be a ton of more awareness on all three levels of the defense, better communication, the introduction of Kendrick Duncan Jr. and his arrival into the program is going to pay off dividends to have that coach in the back of the defense, you have a guy like C.J. Avery that's back, and then you have um, you know bringing Tiberius Peterson back for a sixth season on that defensive line is not only going to bode well for leadership for the young guys and the older guys, but also bringing a certain level of quality to the field as well. So there, there's multiple reasons as to why I think that this defense is not getting too overly hyped up. And I guess the only way you can answer that question is to reflect on what your true feelings and what, I guess, your vision is for the Louisville defense this fall and for me that is an improved group in almost every statistical category it's a defense that improves drastically the turnover margin and capitalizing on forcing turnovers and I think it's a defense that's going to have some guys in in all ACC and possible all-american consideration Um, I'm very excited I think that uh, defensive coordinator Brian Brown is one of the better defensive coordinators in the NCAA, and you've seen it you know, since where they've come from in 2018 up until now. It's been a gradual uptick, and I think that you know the floodgates are going to open for guys to really be able to grasp the overall understanding of this defense and just the overall philosophy of coaching. The versatility is big. Having guys that can play multiple positions is huge. But the number one factor and the reason why I think that this defense isn't being overhyped and that it's justified is the depth. This is something that when Satterfield and company came in at the end of 2018, the number one thing that was alarming to them was the fact that there was no depth, especially on the trenches. Well, guess what? Now you have a three-headed you know, competition on that nose tackle position in Malik Clark and Des Tell and Southern Miss grad transfer Jacques Turner. Uh, you know, pass rush, there wasn't getting any type of pressure into the backfield. Yaya Diaby is back, and he's primed for a big season. You have guys like Ramon Perrier, Tiberius Peterson that are back, Mason Riger. Now you add in guys like Vic Brown, Ashton Gelati. The pass rush is going to be better. Well, guess what? Now you have a linebacking core that not only brings experience back, but your twos are very solid as well. You know, you have, you know, not only great starters, but behind them, you know, Dorian Jones, uh, T.J. Quinn, K.J. Cloyd, and at the outside linebacker position, you know, Marvin Dallas is right there, Jack Fago. Um, you know, moving down the line, there's a ton of talent and depth. Your know, cornerback position, the depth is young, but Greedy Vance could start tomorrow if needed, according to Brian Brown and some other guys in that cornerback room. And, you know, Kenai Walker, Rance Connor, Derek Edwards, Ben Perry, the freshman that came in the 2021 class, are going to be big in the secondary and uh, Josh Meekins Jr. and the two grad transfers as well. So I don't necessarily have any issue with people hyping up this Louisville defense. The only way you would be overhyping is if you just pushed the expectations through the stratosphere and said this was going to be a top 10 defense because then I think you are you know, creating some false narratives and possibly, you know, um, you're creating the harsh reality that the defense might not reach top 10 level, but 
they might be very successful and have a top 25 defense, but, but, but because you establish the standard and the goal is being top 10, you think it's um, a disappointing effort when it's truly not. So we talked about why I believe Marshawn Ford is going to be the breakout star in the ACC this season. We discussed what the true floor and ceiling is for Louisville football, and we also answered the question why um, Louisville football is not being overhyped um, as of right now. Um, but next week we are going to begin with some basketball content. There's a lot of exciting stuff with cards and the pros, and we'll just continue to go through our football content that will be on the lookout for some guests. We've coordinated some guests for the, for the shows next week and the week beyond. I'm very excited for that. Um, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to locked on bets. Betting on the Cardinals does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Be sure to follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Another podcast that I want to give a big shout-out to is one that I'm a part of, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast that records every week. Um, the season premiere of season three just dropped this past Sunday. Uh, Joe Wallman, Jeremy Wallman, Sam Baisden, Sean Barber, uh, Higgy, Wes Brown. There's a ton of unique personality in that room that mesh really well together. You not only get your daily and weekly Louisville sports fix, but you also get a lot of comic relief, and it keeps you wanting to come back. Be sure to check that out every week. And as always, you can find me on sp- social media, especially Twitter at Defense underscore and the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. Be sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper for all of your overall conference news. That's going to wrap up this week of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.